Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip hop that examines where hip hop has been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suami. And I'm James Rathbone. And today we have a special episode where we'll be discussing the history of SoundCloud rap and one of its biggest stars, Little Pump. Little Pump is maybe the most hated person in rap music uh, for non-morality reasons, <laughs> related reasons. <laughs> um, and listening to him, you get the sense that he is something he really actually appreciates. He like seems he's like basically a troll, I think. Yeah, he definitely relishes being hated by yeah. a certain segment of the population. Basically, people who have ever considered being a teacher or are teachers. <laughs> and a lot of other people. Yeah, that's true. Um, but before we get into that, we just want to thank everyone for your listenership and messaging us with your feedback about the episodes. We are in the top 10 of the Apple Music Podcast charts. Yes. So we're, we're jockeying with number one and number two with Alan Cross. Yeah. The um, Tiestos podcast is on there. You know, yeah. lots of old rivals. Yes. We got beef with all of them. <laughs> and we want all the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> So if you're listening and you haven't rated or reviewed or subscribed, please do all those things. The yeah. ratings really help us uh, rise in the rankings. And, you know, us a little like independent podcast out here playing with the big wigs. Like we really appreciate your support. And we'd love that. Yeah. Especially the subscriptions, because then we know it's real. It's not just like subscribe a fly by night kind of thing. Like you're in for the long term. It's an investment. That's right. We really appreciate it. Subscribe so we know it's real. Yeah. All right. Let's get into this episode. So, James, do you remember the first time you heard the term SoundCloud rap? That's an interesting question. I feel like whenever I first heard it, it just was sort of like a general term. And I feel like this would be would have been maybe 2015, maybe? Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Uh, it was like a general term for basically a struggling rapper. It's like someone who was not, you know, didn't have a deal. It was like, you know, the kind of person where it would be like, you would get like a pizza delivered and then like inside the pizza box they'd have written their SoundCloud with a Sharpie like on the <laughs> lid, you know? Uh-huh. That's what I that's what I think I originally associated with it. Mm-hmm. And then like at, sort of as artists like Lil Yachty became more famous, it became cemented with this, it kind of became synonymous with what was like a term that came around around the same time as mumble rap, uh, essentially, which was... Or still is. I haven't heard of people using this much, which is uh, something I'm happy about. Because to me, mumble rap is a term that, well, it's a it's a pejorative term for sort of a, the re artists who lean into their regional accents. Um, and you know, I mean, there are some artists who you could say they're sort of mumbling. I mean, there's some people that definitely mumble. They are. They definitely mumble. But I think that they're doing it intentionally. Like, it's a stylistic choice. Absolutely. It isn't like because they're slow or stupid. It's like... Which which is how people who use it as a pejorative generally mean it. Exactly. They're Mm -hmm. like, they're not fully enunciating their words in a very slow fashion like they did in the 90s in New York. They're kind of allowing the words to draw into each other and like flow so that there's less space in between them mm-hmm. um and then especially when you put melody into that wrapping each individual word is becomes less distinct and i feel like it, part of that what's encoded in mumble rap and and also soundcloud i think that they're 
pretty close to syn- like synonymous terms. Like I think most mm-hmm. people who would use either of those terms would apply them to the same artists. Uh-huh. Um, is just this, I think, a generally less of a focus on lyrics, probably. Yep. A particular would, lyrics or lyricism you, as it's classically thought of. Well, how, how would you describe SoundCloud rap? Um, well, it's got like trap leanings. It's got the sort of post-future and young thug melodic side to most of it. Uh, it's usually talks a lot about drug use. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, Less less about selling, more about using. Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, there's usually very casual gun talk, but not as intense as like in like drill or other like gangster music. Traditional trap music. Exactly. I think, yeah. And also SoundCloud rap, I think, comes from the DIY aspect of it. A lot of at the beginning of the genre's dawn, maybe around 2015 or so, a lot of people that were the big stars of it weren't signed to major labels. They were recording in non-traditional studios for the most part. So the sound, it wasn't like mixed or mastered properly. The sound would be distorted. It would like, it, you know, sound would bleed in a way that they don't on a proper studio album for the most part. And while at first it seemed like that was out of necessity, at some point it became clear this is also like a stylistic choice. It was a very like, there's a very like punk vibe to it. A very, you know, kind of like making it up as you go kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think for me, it was definitely my like introduction to SoundCloud rap as a catch-all term. I think happened around the time that Exodus Intentions "Look at Me" so, like I became aware of that song, mm-hmm. and I don't even know how I found out about the song. I think it was like through a meme or something, and I and I was like really shocked. I was like, "This is what I was." I was like, "This is the song that people are into." I'm like, "This is like I've never heard anything like this." Like mm-hmm. it was it, just a wild, wild wild energy and wild flow and just like completely off the wall yeah and then it's like all these rappers kind of started having their moment in the sun and they started to step into the mainstream pretty quickly and then i feel like most of these artists just maybe this is just a sense of timing you have when you as you get older but it felt like so many of these artists like blew up overnight it was like the first time you were really like hearing a little pump song like within a month it felt like gucci gang had like shot up to like be such an incredibly popular song for mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. uh or you know like within i don't know how long it was from lil yachty first appearing that he it felt like he was getting huge features and mm-hmm. uh, this kind of thing i mean uh it's it's like kind of a funny looking back on it because now it's it's, it's sort of like the, the genre is dead basically yeah and i mean Literally, because some of the biggest stars from the genre are dead. Yeah, or in jail. Or in jail. And that's like, you know, in this really great profile of Takashi 69 in Rolling Stone and kind of the whole story of his life, essentially, like they did deep reporting, went and talked to like his like old gang members, old friends from the neighborhood, people like old enemies from the neighborhood. And they really chart his rise and fall in a really fascinating detail. And there's a note, there's a one section in there where they say, where the writer says, Little Peep is dead from an overdose. Existence was murdered. Mm-hmm. Takashi 69 is in prison. Yeah. Like the 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 cresting wave of SoundCloud rap is done. Yeah. And it's really I think it's really true. Like I think just like and it's another reason for it is because all of the people that were in this DIY unsigned space are now just have been subsumed as the to, to the mainstream. Yeah. So you have people like Lil Pump, who we're gonna get into, talk about this project a little more later, but like 
Kanye West is working with Little Pump. You yeah. know, like like when you have someone the like even if, if you think about the choices that Kanye West made last year <laughs> musically, yeah, um, and the people who who he wanted to who he decided to work with who weren't a part of the kind of like legacy mainstream hip hop mm-hmm. world. YNW Melly, who was just charged with the first three words. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is like, you know, so Kanye, like, YNW Melly, Takashi 69, mm-hmm. Lil Pump. Yeah. Like, these are interesting choices for someone of his stature. Yeah. And I think it's because he could see that what they were doing was is something fresh and new. And mm-hmm. it's like an untapped market that other main major artists at the size of his caliber have not really tapped into in the way that he did. Yeah. It's kind of funny because it's like Drake would made, had, I mean, sort of made his career off helping break new artists. And it felt like it kind of stopped with SoundCloud rap. I mean, other than 21 Savage, mm-hmm. he didn't really work with any of the others. I he mean, didn't. in he, fact, he, he would, kind of beefed with some of them. Yeah, I and mean, it's true. It's true with X. And I yeah. think maybe it's because like X had the relationships with all those people and he kind of wanted to keep his distance. Mm-hmm. Or when, he, when Drake early on shouted out Kodak Black and then Earl Sweatshirt made a tweet that yeah. was essentially saying... Uh, when Drake finds something, it just instantly becomes uncool or something. Yeah, that effect, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm wondering is like, I wonder, you know, we talked about how the YNW Mellies, the Takashi Six Nines, Lil Peep, Existencion, they all like their lives kind of took this really dark turn. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you think like how much of that you think has something to do with what they discuss in the music and how and sort of the culture around SoundCloud rap. It's hard to say. I mean, I think, I don't know. One of the things that's, that's sort of, I don't know if, you know if we've talked about this enough on this podcast, but I, I often find myself thinking about is like where a rapper's persona ends and where their uh, real life begins. And like there's some rappers, I mean, like for example, Cameron, who had sort of one of the most outsized personalities in rap in the 2000s, he, he, would do interviews where he was like Cameron the rapper. And then there he would do interviews where he was like Cameron Giles. And he would say that like he thought of himself and he thought of rap as being like wrestling and that you would like essentially you have this persona that you play and like, you know, it's not that serious. It's not like all that real. And yet like, you know, I think, you know, if you ask, if you'd ask like Jim Jones, who is like his like associate, he probably, Jim Jones would probably be like, it's all real. Like everything you get from Jimmy is is real mm-hmm. uh i to me it seems it, it, i i like from what i can see from a distance with soundcloud rap it seems like the people in it really try and live a lifestyle a lot i mean like the drug use that you know or you've said before that you feel like when future talks about drugs he's like it's like he did them once and he's like going off that story for uh-huh. like the last five years whereas like we know that a lot of these rappers have drug problems. I mean, obviously, Lil Peep died from an overdose. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people getting arrested for with like uh, opioids on them, mm-hmm. or you know, you just kind of get a sense that they live a little bit dangerously. And I wonder if part of it is that they're so many of them are so young. I really think that's a big part of it. Their so their frontal lobes are not developed. <laughs> no, you know? absolutely. They're extremely like think of how dumb you were at seventeen, mm-hmm. and then imagine giving yourself a million dollars and access to all the drugs and all of the vices that you possibly could want. Yeah. That is like tacitly approved by like a bunch of white men in suits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is like, it's a, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 
So it's interesting to see who's able to kind of professionalize themselves and like how they are able to like, you know, make their career go. I think in this situation, there's going to be a ton of missteps from people. Yeah. Both, you know, legally, morally, Mm -hmm. just because they're just not. I mean, not to denigrate them, but they're not brain surgeons. You know what I yeah, mean? They're yeah. seventeen-year-old teenage rappers. Yeah, there's gonna be some messiness. And and I mean, it's kind of funny to think about the the different stories of of um, where people have sort of gone. So other than the people we mentioned, the people who are the more like success stories. Well, Twenty One Savage was a bit older than the other people, and frankly, his sound was never really, to me, like squarely SoundCloud rap. He was very much more so like a chief keef dr- like atlanta version of like a drill mm-hmm. sound uh and he was old he's just older like i think he's 26 Six, now yeah. yeah like so he lived a lot of this stuff that a lot of people rap before he started rapping and definitely viewed rap as a way out of that lifestyle had mm-hmm. a sort of maturity about that and then uh whereas it's like it's hard not to hear other rappers and and see their of, of like this sort of group like someone like Kodak and see that they as as if you don't know about Kodak we did an episode on him recently Kodak seems to make misstep after misstep and can't sort of escape it's almost like he can't escape his propensity to for either violence or just being around the wrong type of people I don't know it's it's an inter- it's an interesting thing I I've been I've been thinking about this era and it's to me, it's sort of, I think it'll be kind of like the lost generation of hip hop, essentially. In what way? Well, I think that uh, there's going to be, there's a few people who are going to have long careers, but most of the people are going to have very short careers. Mm. I I, think you're already kind of seeing it. If you look at someone like Smoke Perp, who actually uh, has a deep connection to Lil Pump in the sense that Smoke Perp and Pump were, have been friends since they were teenagers. And Perp- still are teenagers. That's right. From the, from right. like, from they were like tweens. But like they were like yeah, 13, 12. Yeah. And Perp is the person who actually got Little Pump into rapping, mm-hmm. which is kind of ironic because Pump is like dwarfing his career. Yeah, in like terms 100 of, times as popular. It's way bigger. And I don't know, it's like it's a little early to say, but I get the sense that as long as he keeps himself out of serious trouble mm-hmm. little pump has the potential to have a really long career <laughs> longer than people who are maybe more artistically uh interesting in some respects definitely definitely and i think it's for i mean we'll, we'll get into the reasons why why a little, little about little pump in particular yeah, let's discuss this album okay little pump uh well <laughs> there's a few things that anyone will pick up about little pump uh very quickly from listening to his music he is a dropout he doesn't know how to read. He's a millionaire, and uh, he loves drinking lean. And he is that thing about him not knowing how to read real. You know what? It it is like the my the funniest brag I've ever heard in rap history. I think like it is so it's definition silly. of weird flex, but okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. It, like he talks about being dyslexic, mm-hmm. and so I I, I like he dropped out of school when he was like what fifteen or something like that. Um, no, yeah, 10th, he was expelled in 10th grade. He he was expelled from his opportunity high school for inciting a riot, which is one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. I, it's like, I'm just imagining Will Pump, like getting on a desk 
and like getting the students to rise up to like overthrow the teachers and principal. It's like something out of like an 80s movie. Uh-huh. I mean, <clears throat> honestly, when I listening to this record, I was like, Lil Pump is the Bart Simpson of rap music. <laughs> His like whole shtick is essentially like I hate school. I love doing bad things. Yeah. It's fun. You yeah. know, like I'm like this mischievous kid you love that adults love to hate. Uh-huh. Well, and, Little Pump, born in the year 2000. That says so much. Wow. August 2000. Uh, real name, Gazzy Garcia. That'd be a great rap name. It would be. Uh, so he's Colombian from Miami. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned, grew up with Smoke Perp, uh, got into rap, and pretty quickly i mean his first the breakout hit which kind of sets the tone for his career was a song from 2017 called gucci gang 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 spread their rats on new chain my bitch love do cocaine Ooh, i fuck a bitch i forgot a name i can't buy me no way to rain rather go and buy ball mains Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Spent the race on new chain. My bitch love do cocaine. Ooh, I fuck a bitch, I forgot name. Yeah, I can't buy no bin away the rain. Ooh, rather go and buy ball mains. Hey, Gucci gang. And as we have discussed, or in one of the very early episodes of the podcast, I believe, I remember the first time I was hearing this song out, and I was like, this song is extremely dumb yeah <laughs> and i could not handle it i was like this is so dumb it's a bad song yeah and then i was out one night i think maybe at a boosty fade party or something mm-hmm. or maybe even i think i was at maybe at another party is that a part i think it was when we were at a I, I remember the first time i really liked it was when we were at apartment two we were playing at two, apartment 200 last november mm-hmm. or november 2017 right. so for those of you that don't live in toronto or montreal uh, apartment 200 was once described by gq as a chill space for baby thugs. Shout out to Sky, who's the real author of that quote. She's a, she's the, the Quincy Miller of that. <laughs> Quentin Miller. Quentin Miller. Um, yeah, and I think so. That's like definitely the environment in which that people would be down with Lil Pump. And but it's like crazy how quickly I saw that transition into just general more mainstream clubs. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's a short song. It is catchy. It is I, repetitive. I it's, think people. People have said, I don't know if it's true, that it has like the fewest number of words in it of like any rap song ever. Interesting. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. But like it's Because it's like idea. the same words repeated very frequently. Yeah. It's like, because you know, there's like, and it's bond all those like memes where it's like Gucci gang and they take out all world, words except Gucci and it's like a 10 second song or something like that. You uh-huh. know? I mean, I guess, I guess that wasn't really his real first, that was his first major song. Yeah. His first breakout song was a song called D-Rose. D-Rose yeah. yeah. There's a little bit more hard it's got like like machine gun noises in it and stuff mm-hmm. uh definitely still that song isn't nearly as good as Gucci i agree Gang. not it's, even close it's not, not, um, not particularly good so that's like sort of like where i started hearing about him and i like his his first project his first like major label debut was, was a self-titled album from 2017 um i remember thinking that it was like it was fine but nothing not, special. not very good not very good yeah Fine, not really my thing necessarily. I yeah. wasn't deeply interested in him. But then in the lead up to this album, I feel like everything has changed for me. Yeah. Uh, when he put out the single Sketa, which yeah. is an ad lib based off of Chief Keef's ad lib, which mm-hmm. was Let's Get It, yeah. <laughs> but sounded said, said like Sketa. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny seeing how it's spelled because it's not spelled like let's get it. Yeah. It's like E S S K E E I T T. Yeah. Which is bonkers. And um I remember like when I heard this song, I was like, Oh, I think I like Little Pump. Like yeah. it is like it's just a sprint of a song. And I mean, I was I said this in the Boosie Fade group, uh, the Facebook group, several times. But it's also the thing that I found most confusing for me about Little Little Pump in general is that he frequently says things in his songs that are literally the dumbest lyrics I've <laughs> ever heard in all of rap. Yeah, and think about how much rap I've listened to in yeah. my life. I mean, he says some of the dumbest shit, but it always wins me over. Yeah, almost always, with like rare exceptions. Just like because he's really he's he's a just talented at rapping. He's got a great voice. He's got he's got a mastery of cadences and flows, and he's really funny. Yes, he can put humor. He can make these these dumb lyrics sound so funny and charming in a way that it's like for me, it's hard to not be enthralled with it. I mean, I I, I really think that there's something to him being like the Bart Simpson, or like one of the things that I found then kind of interesting is that the way he says "s get it" sounds like someone from South Park saying it like this uh, the old cartoon I, south park still, on, still the air. on the air i think well that that's probably not a good thing but like south park which especially like when i was growing up was like the number one thing that like parents hated their kids watching mm-hmm. i was like the way he says s get it sounds like a south park character and Lil pump is almost like a south park character uh-huh you know uh-huh. what i mean it's uh-huh. like there's something about it that is just so uh intentionally provocative in kind of like a dumb playful way abrasive yeah abrasive yet like sort of harmless i'd say uh-huh. i mean little pup has had there's a there's a few let's let's enumerate the the major issues people that would not normally care about someone like little pump have with with him yeah um one is that he's colombian yes. and says the n-word in his songs yeah that's a major one for a lot of people yeah understandably so um the other is on on his song Butterfly Doors, he has a really racist line about Yao Ming. Yeah. He's and like, My eyes are low, low like Yao Ming. Yeah, something to that effect. Something like that. And then when he and in the freestyle, in a video that he put on Instagram when he was doing it, he did the thing with this that racist thing with the eyes. Yeah. Which is like you can't get much worse with that in terms of <laughs> yeah. just like ignorant obnoxious he censored the bad racism interestingly he censored the lyric on the album i don't know if he censored it or his label censored it yeah uh which is like a curious choice i mean it's an you could also just re-record the song yeah you could could change that line in like like, 10 seconds yeah his artistic integrity is not going to be compromised by it that's right strange choice i think i mean one thing i found funny about I find funny about him and his persona in particular is as much as we there's sort of this casual opioid use in uh, a lot of rap right now. Nowhere is it made seem as harmless as in Little Pump's lyrics. He's like, all my guys do oxy. It's fun. It's like that's like how he raps. Like when Future's like, I did drugs to, you know deal with all the pain i feel inside yeah, or like yeah. you know like little peep talks about like his problems with like addiction like little pump is like codeine is the best thing in the world all the kids should try it yeah you know and yeah. He, it's like he he like kind of laughingly says kids don't do drugs but it's like really i mean i'm not a huge fan of like the sort of role model perspective on 
art or music. I think it sort of diminishes a lot of things. I don't think there's anybody who's looking at little peep like a role model who wouldn't make a bad decision like otherwise. Uh-huh. But it that that I could see that to me would be a more legitimate criticism than uh, so like the more broad uh charges i think he gets about just being stupid mm-hmm. you know which you know i mean it's he does he it's almost the way he promotes his own ignorance that is so flagrant that it sort of comes full circle and being like i don't know it kind of breaks your brain a little bit uh-huh and i would say like even listening to this album the way he talks about his um I mean, on one of the the really excellent songs on this album is a song that he has with Lil Wayne mm-hmm. called "Be Like Me," yeah, which is essentially talking about all of this stuff, like the role yeah. model thing, yeah, and kind of once again, like leaning into his dumbness, yeah. <laughs> like in yeah. an extreme. It uh, features a line um, where he's like, "I'm a millionaire, but I don't know how to read," <laughs> and it's like the way that he says it. Yeah, I'm like. That was like reading these words like that is so fucking flagrantly stupid. Yeah. But the way he said it, it like every time I've heard I've heard it, which is quite a few times at this point, I, 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 it makes me laugh or smile. Yeah. No, I mean, um, he's built it up. So it's like his persona in such a way that if you don't like him, it's because you are no fun and you're like an old dumb person who just doesn't get it. It's true. You know what I mean? I mean, I will say that there was I kind of when I started to think about what his like legacy is, he's essentially like too short. I mean, he's like, like too short raps a lot slower, mm-hmm. but the too short of very simplistic rhymes, very like ignorant lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, like it's, it's essentially traded in being funny and being like easy to enjoy and being controversial. Uh-huh. You know, it's an interesting, um, interesting parallel. Yeah. Um, let's actually listen to a little bit of Be Like Me, Lil Pump and Lil Wayne right now. Yeah. Everybody want to be like me. Ooh. Yeah. Everybody want to be like me. Everybody want to be like me. Bust down big chains and dress fancy. Ooh. Everybody want to be like me. Spent 2K last week on the white tee. Ooh. Everybody want to be like me. Drop 10K on my Gucci bed sheets. Ooh. Yeah. Everybody want to be like me. So yeah, what what else? What do you what do you think about this album? So our producer Kyle asked us yesterday whether we liked Lil Pump because he wasn't sure whether we actually. He's liked like, him. yeah, I've heard you guys talk about him before in the podcast and even outside of it, and I I still can't tell if you like him. For me, I would say I do like him, sort of. Like I like him in small doses, mm-hmm. which is luckily why this album is actually surprisingly good it is even though it's 16 songs it runs 40 minutes and at 40 minutes you're like i've had enough but the, the longest song in this album is four minutes long yeah and most of it i think most of the songs i think are about two two, two minutes two minutes mm-hmm. two and a half minutes which is perfect like you just as you're getting tired of each of the songs it moves on to the next one mm-hmm. it's kind of like i feel like this song would be this album is sort of like if you had like a teenage like nephew or cousin or something and they were like do you want to drink some monster energy and play Fortnite?" and you were like well you know i like you this is how i'm going to spend time with you i'm going to do it and you have fun for like the first 40 minutes and then you start to feel a little sick and like you're like i need to go and like eat some celery and read a, a book or something <laughs> that's what this album is like to me yeah 
Um, if they were to ask me if I like Little Pump, I would say undoubtedly yes. I'm I'm just a fan of people like kind of sticking their their thumb in the eye of, of authority. Yeah, and and I also think that I mean I also if I didn't think that he was a good rapper, which I do, yeah, I would not like him. He's also gotten a lot better. He has gotten so much better. Like the the just even when it, when I've heard like a sketch from this album, I was mm. like, oh, you're like you're a you're getting a good at rap. You yeah, know? I mean, it racks the song racks on racks on racks. Yes, that song. It's like so it it repurposes the hook from, from Future's Future breakup NYC, song, yeah, uh, which is just called Racks, yeah. yeah. And the and the hook is like it's the essentially it's the same exact words that Future says, yeah, but it's done completely differently, exactly. And it it just it, I don't know it just kind That's, of works. That song is incredible. It is it's very good, very good song. Let's listen to a little bit of Racks on Racks. Yeah, I, I think that this is this is a very strong project. It is. Um, it's amazing. So this week there was two other projects that came out: the Offset solo record, Red Room, Red Room, and the Gunner. And I like I listened to both of those, and I was like, these are not good. I mean, Gunner has some stuff on uh-huh. it I like. There's a couple songs on the Offset album, but both of them felt loaded with filler, and each song sounding exactly alike. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I found. Yeah. And and the fact that Little Pump of those three, like Offset and Gunner are objectively going to have probably better artistic legacies, definitely have Absolutely. much better catalogs. But Little Pump made the better project than than those two mm-hmm. by I mean, a good margin. This is not even to mention that, you know, on this album, Little Pump already has some huge smashes from this album. Um Scattered, I believe, is already at it's at 160 million streams on Spotify. His song with Kanye West, uh, I love it, is at 300 and nearly 30 million streams on Spotify, which is, I think, also Kanye's best song from last year. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's and it kind of went through the same process as, it, as I do with a lot of Little Pump stuff. This is so dumb, yeah, but I love it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it was like it took me some time to get into the "I Love It" song with Kanye. Mm-hmm. You know, at first I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, I, I liked it really fast because the bass line in it is so good. Uh huh. That bass line is infectious. And then I like I, the video is like fun. It seemed really like fun. it. It was nice. It was like I felt like when it came out, it was like a little point of levity when like in the, the Kanye in the darkness. Kanye do- yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I think with the only songs I don't particularly care for on this album is the song vroom 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 which is definitely <laughs> little pump like he's very clearly influenced by chief keef in all of the major ways he uses his slang mm-hmm. uh chief keef was featured on his last album all that stuff but vroom 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 sounds like a really really bad chief keef impersonation mm-hmm. and that's the only thing that i found particularly hard to listen to on this album yeah um the rest of it i thought is pretty fun yeah so as we've mentioned be like me is great sketch it i'm a big fan of 
Uh, racks on racks is probably my, my the standout for me. And yeah, here he has a little Uzi Vert. He's the multi-millionaire little Uzi Vert feature. Yeah, which is also a really strong feature. The fe- It's like even the features are really good on this. Really well-selected features. Yeah. Offset, YG, 2 chains, Lil Wayne, Little Uzi Vert, Smoke Perp, and Kanye. Yeah. I like, I mean, in some points, he sound, he does, he actually sounds kind of Migo. He has a Migo-esque flow that he takes on in uh, a couple points, I noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's sort of like, it's, I feel like as an older rap fan, little, artists like Lil Pump can be a trap. Like, you have to understand where their appeal is. Otherwise, you're just going to become like an old person. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, for me, it's like, I mean, would I go to a Lil Pump concert? Probably not, you know? I think you'd have to pay me to go to a Lil Pump concert. Uh-huh. Like... I think I would need a little more than just payment. Yeah, well... I mean, payment and perks. Not the, <laughs> not the drugs. Oh, I but see. They, I uh, see. Although those would be in right. the crowd, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, like a VIP situation, maybe right. a, a bottle of something... Right. Uh, just a special bracelet that makes me feel like a really special person. Right, Stuff right. like that. Where you're away from the teenagers who are like <laughs> if, going yes, insane. Cannot be around the teens at one of these shows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like, I think it's completely fine if you hate Lil Pump. Like there's so many reasons to hate him. You know, as we mentioned earlier, like the ra- the ignorant racism. Yeah. Uh, you know, saying the N-word when he definitely probably shouldn't be. You know, yeah. those kind of things. But for me, it's like, I am able to just, I mean, this is like, this is like, you know, dumb, fun music, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I can appreciate it for that. Absolutely. I, I don't know. It's, it's funny. I mean, it all just comes down to like, whether it, whether it's good, whether it has like something you actually can find interesting in it. Like ultimately that's you're right. And little pump is good at rapping. Yeah. And maybe this, you're like, how could somebody who says consistently such dumb things be good at rapping? Because I mean, whether you know this or not, rap is not just the, the lyrics. Yes. It's how you say them. It's yeah. the cadence. It's the flow. It's like, it's the sound. It's the it's, feeling. It's the hook. It's the, that's what music, yeah. there's more to music than just the, the looking at the words on a sheet of paper. You yeah, know? exactly. So if SoundCloud rap is over, but this is the most popular album out right now, what does that mean? I think it just means that SoundCloud rap in the truest sense of the term as it emanating from SoundCloud and being a DIY, you know, mm-hmm. initiative that, that element of, of hip hop, I think is dead for the most part, mm-hmm. because at this point, the rappers that kind of start bubbling in this way are snapped up by major labels so quickly that you kind of don't even, there's, there's no real basis in them being SoundCloud stars, you yeah. know? And whether it's officially or they're secretly signed and they're being funded by a label, like, that's just the, the the method of the way things are going now. And it happens very quickly. Yeah. Because once you have one, of the, as soon as you have those numbers, like the labels are like in this really great uh, GQ profile about the history of SoundCloud rap, sort of. There's a, a line, it's, it's written by Carrie Baton. Um, there's a line where she says, she says that, essentially label executives have become like day traders right in the way that they're like <laughs> investing funny. on these they, they, you see these early numbers from an artist and you're like this is going to keep going yeah and you like you make your bets yeah and there's a label by run by todd moskowitz uh who's very famously like Lugal, uh gucci Mane's like longtime label partner uh called alamo records 
which is the whole mandate of the label is to sign these kind of like left of center art, like artists, like the O3 Greedo types and kind of work with them in a major label capacity, but also seem like, you know, be nimble, like an independent and allow them to have a lot of creative control. And I think you're just going to see a lot more of these kinds of like labels sprouting up Mm -hmm. and just snapping up these young stars quickly before it even, before they're even allowed to create like a legacy on SoundCloud. Yeah. I think, I mean, frankly, I think there was a point when we thought SoundCloud itself was going to disappear. I'm not sure what SoundCloud as a platform's future is now that I think it's easier to get on Spotify for an artist, for Mm -hmm. example. Um, I mean, the other thing I think is that because of either the legal problems or the the um, untimely demise of a lot of the most important artists of this like movement i i i mean i've said this before on the podcast but i i believe that we're really in a transitionary time in rap right now and i think that what rap will sound like in two years will probably surprise us mm-hmm. and wh- who the few like the star the biggest stars of of 2019 we might not even know who they are right now Mm-hmm. It's just that rap moves is moving so fast and we're in, in directions that aren't entirely clear. So to me, it's sort of like with SoundCloud, we have some artists who've fallen off, some artists who who aren't around for anymore for whatever reason, and other artists who've kind of established themselves in their own lane and aren't really part of that kind of subgenre anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting to see Little Pump, who essentially embl- is like emblematic of all the worst of the sort of SoundCloud haters charges. Uh, he's it's like now it's like it's it seems like that criticism is so short sighted because this is what people want. Gotta give the people what they want. Yeah. <laughs> and Lil Pump's there to do it. All while bringing awareness to uh, dyslexia and <laughs> the and power triumph- of and triumphing over it. Yeah, triumphing over it. Triumphing Triumphing did over he, it. Did Lil Pump teach us how to not speak english did he break our brains <laughs> little pump broke my brain yeah harvard dropout yeah in stores now yeah <laughs> and so that's it for this week's episode of catch up thanks again for listening um as we mentioned earlier if you haven't rated reviewed or subscribed please do that it helps us out a lot it's the way that we keep growing this podcast and we can keep bringing you this high quality content mm-hmm. um so we don't really have anything else to plug but just if you're not a member of the boosie fade facebook group and you're on that platform please join us because we have some big things planned in the next little while we want you to be aware of also follow us on instagram at catch up podcast uh as always shout out our producer kyle for all the hard work he puts in we would not be able to do it without him and uh shout out to you for for being here once again because if no one was listening we wouldn't do it we would not yeah we have very busy full lives (laughs) (laughs) it's only fun because you're here yeah exactly all right have a great week we'll see you soon